Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, you guys. Thank you for joining us in another conversation here on Glitch Cube. Uh, we usually talk about more about like actual tangible games that are out there, but we wanted to branch out and talk about something that's in current events right now, something that has been blowing up for quite a while. And with some of these more uh, recent press releases by someone under the name of Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if you've heard of him. But the, <laughs> <yeah>. the robot? <laughs> yeah, the robo guy. Do you think that he would actually pass like that Mein Kampf test? <laughs> In Blade Runner? I don't think he would. Like, his pupils are fucking fucked up. He's creepy. But anyway, we are talking about the metaverse. And all of the other branches of metaverse are kind of out there right now that you might not know of. Um, A lot of people are kind of freaking out right now at this new idea of living virtually and kind of broadening the horizons in that sense. But they don't realize that this has actually been going on for quite a while now uh just with the recent releases of what mark zuckerberg is going to be creating uh through facebook or actually through meta now sorry they are the the company formerly known as facebook uh like now it's in people's like like streamline right like it's in people's eyes like they're now they're they're starting to worry about it and kind of freak out about it so we wanted to kind of go over some of that stuff share some of our feelings behind it um how we how we're taking it if we're interested what's going on and maybe speculate on some of the reasons as to which meta or facebook is kind of joining in the party now and something that's been around for a little while so what's your initial reaction to you know the zucks press conference the his uh 90 minute movie on what the metaverse can actually be just kind of it's insane that's way too long (laughs) it was prolonged he rambled it was like he didn't need to make it that long no not um but as for the idea of like a metaverse i so i was always interested in things like that like say like second life and you know like a virtual version of reality I was always fascinated by it. And growing up, I was like, it'd be cool if like, you know, we could live in like a game almost, mm-hmm. you know, a game where, you know, you can run around and do things and you don't have to worry about like getting hit by a car or something like that. You know, like, I mean, I'll get more into it, but they're going to make it a little more real. But I think, I think it'd be interesting the only my fear with a metaverse is that do we become the product right mm-hmm. so instead of us having fun exploring playing games with our relatives in this virtual world are we going to become products like are they going to find another way to harvest our data or are they going to you know use these metaverses as a new ad space Instead of back in the day where we just saw like a ton of pop-ups on our screen, are we going to see advertising signs everywhere, you know? But if it was like a second life where, you know, you could goof around, get married, all that kind of like dumb stuff, I think it'd be fun, you know? It's just with Zuckerberg's meta, I'm like, there's another side to it that we're not seeing yet. Yeah. What about you? I feel like there's benefits to this technology 
there's definitely like I mean, if you look at let's say, for instance, a lot of sci-fi has put this idea into place already, right? And probably mm-hmm. the most recent one that people are familiar with would be Ready Player One. It has the tactile suit that Zuckerberg is already in production of, right? Like he, yeah. he's making that. Um, we have the full VR experience where you go in and you're in this crazy virtual world known as the Oasis. And it's it, in practice, it sounds interesting and it sounds beneficial to our society as far as the way that we're growing things, the way we're evolving our technology. Um, but there's also some drawbacks and some certain fears behind it. Um, but one of the big things that I am excited about is the accessibility of knowledge to people who don't have access to it, right? I think that that has potential growth there. Like if they say, let's say they have like universities through the the metaverse where you can now go remotely and actually sit in on like with professors that you might not ever be able to actually get enrolled into, right? Like, let's say someone in China wants to go to NYU because that's their dream school, but they can't make it there due to, you know, travel or whatnot, and they just can't afford living in New York, then you can actually get education from the university of your choice if they go in that direction, which I feel like they they probably will in the long run. It just kind of makes sense. And we did see that in Ready Player One where school was held virtually. So that aspect to me sounds interesting. Like there is some sort of like niceness, I guess, or like a, a shining light at the end there. But then, like you mentioned, are we going to become a product of this, right? And I think that's just inevitable. The way that Facebook has now taken over social media and how they own everything, they watch every click that you do. Uh, and a lot of these advertisements get super tailored to you when it comes to the metaverse and how they're actually integrating it, not just with virtual reality. You can go over your laptop, you can go over different aspects you can even wear like the ar glasses and things like that like everything you look at from now on because i guarantee those glasses are going to have eye tracking is going to have some sort of like advertisements or like things like that being pushed at you and then then comes into mind like your privacy stuff like that or like maybe some stuff that you don't want people to know about you might start showing up Right. Like, let's Uh say you happen to be walking down the street with your friends and you all have AR goggles on or your glasses and you see something pop up that might be a little lewd or maybe something a little different. Right. And that you you offhandedly remark on it and then everyone's like, wait, I don't see that. What is that? Right. Like, you know, like it, it might be there might be some tailoring that way where like some of your private thoughts or ideas or things like that might come into light a little bit easier, which is kind of, I mean, we all want our privacy, right? Like we all want to have our own, like our moments alone. And like everyone has the stuff that they're into that they might not want or feel comfortable sharing with everybody, right? Like it it feels like this is a way to open those floodgates and make it so that privacy is no longer a thing like I don't know it's kind of tough too because the idea of living virtually um, means that you are going to have that same comfort level of living through a screen name and blasting ideas out on levels that you normally wouldn't do in a public space so there's it's tough for me like I, I feel like I'm really torn because I love the advance of technology I love the fact that we are growing and there are some benefits that I could see from the metaverse and like from 
areas of this. But then there's also some major drawbacks that I'm kind of afraid of. Like, am am I crazy in this thought? Or do you kind of share some of those ideas of like it's this general fear? Interesting you bring up with the AR goggles. Because I, I thought about this the other day. And when I was walking, this is when I was in Vegas. And I was walking down the strip. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if you had goggles that when you walk, you see ads kind of like you know blade runner where there's like 3d visuals or like holograms in the sky right like what if you were wearing goggles walking down the strip and you start seeing like you know holograms on there and like things that you normally wouldn't see if you didn't have the goggles right right and i even took it a step further in thinking about that where okay how is a way how are they going to make it where people are okay with seeing ads, right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what if, so there's, in the goggles, it tracks the ads you see or amount of ads, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, or, you know, for each ad, they pay you a little bit, right? Like, I don't know, five cents, 10 cents, kind of like what Brave Browser does when you click on one of their, like, ads Mm -hmm. and they pay you. What if when you're viewing these ads, you know, you get money? Is it going to make you go run around looking for ads everywhere and try to get paid? Like, you know, it's Mm. I think that with AR goggles, like you said, especially when it becomes personalized, it runs the fear of, you know, they track our browsing history, right? But the thing is, that's just what we're looking at online. They can't track what we're doing offline, right? They don't know, like, if a person is, you know, I don't know, consuming drugs or, you know, like, doing doing anything that you normally wouldn't do on the internet. But when you start doing it in a virtual setting, everything starts getting tracked because you're doing what you're doing in real life. Yeah. Are, would they be using that in a different way? Is that another form of data that will be taken? I mean... There's some people that are going to look at this kind of stuff as a game and, you know, they'll they'll treat it like a game. But then, you know, there's going to be people out there that are going to treat it as if it is another life. And when people start putting their interests or their thoughts out there, it's just going to be harvested, you know, in a different way. And. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, it really has that like weird side of it like okay like the people are going to use this kind of stuff in a different way and you know going back to something real quick by you said with the schooling uh so god this was maybe like four years ago now mm-hmm. i did a, a class report on a vr and there was a project where they have it where you can attend you know school in vr mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like in beta, like they were, it was like really early. Maybe it was even alpha testing, but imagine you put on your VR headset and you go to your class and basically it's just like being a class in school, you know, you learn it there and everything. And then there's another project, which I think maybe they're in partnerships or they're, they're pretty similar, but imagine you're in a history class and the teacher like waves or something and it takes you to the setting in the mm. history lesson. So you'll get warped to, you know, like ancient World Rome War II. Or yeah. Or yeah, ancient Rome. Like you you go to that virtual setting and, you know, obviously they have to code all of this stuff, but you know, they could code in saying like, 
see this is pompeii and you get to see it from an aerial view like the volcano mm. coming down like stuff like that's cool you know like to actually get a deeper learning of history and i mean yes i mean this would be how they would have to treat it like normal teaching like you can't just have anybody teaching these lessons because god forbid you have someone in there trying to teach an alternate history but right. i could see 10 15 years from now this virtual classroom with these advanced settings being a thing and i mean to an extent as someone who doesn't really care of taking an online class or a class physically i would love it you know it's it's a really cool idea and being able to actually be there virtually it's interesting yeah and with some of the technology you know it's VR is not just two joysticks in your hand anymore. They're making it so there's actual fingertips and like actual like grips. And I mean, just imagine you're, you're writing in your notebook virtually or right. typing. I mean, I guess typing would make more sense, but it's, it's really fascinating because I feel like the educational part of VR is advancing very, very fast. But when it comes to like what you're saying with AR, with, ads it's ads it's kind of like a gray area i feel like yeah and another thing too like you actually brought something up too like let's say theoretically someone has the ar glasses on right mm -hmm. is it going to be treated kind of like body cams on cops because if you think about it like Ooh. when you put the ar goggles on you're turning on the device and you're sharing everything not just your own data but you're sharing what you're viewing as well right so let's say someone like you got some kids at a party who are underage and they have the like the glasses on and like you can see them like is that being recorded right like that's what i'm wondering like is that being recorded and can you see them doing you know like drinking underage or maybe someone doing or selling drugs they just happen to forget to take their ar glasses off or whatever it may be right and like oh, can that be point. used against them in the future like is this another way to kind of entrap people like can that be used that way because we're like already in the court systems, they talk to people like to companies like Facebook and stuff like that to e extrapolate their 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 um, conversations or even whenever they talk to Apple to get their phone logs and stuff like that. Can you then now pull their visual data like the video feed of what they were looking at with these AR glasses? Right. Like, can you extrapolate that information out now, too? Like, can that be used against them? So I'm wondering if that's another aspect of it that can be taken, um, which is, I mean, that to me is, it, it has its pluses, right? Like, that's a good thing. But then also, like, there's the invasion of privacy thing too, that's happening there. Um, and like, yes, sure, they are doing illegal acts and they should be, you know, held accountable for these things. But is that too much? Are we going too far at that point? So I'm kind of curious about that one, too. That's a little, like, iffy to me. I don't know. You know they will. They'll so yeah. do that where they track the, the the camera on there. Yeah, agreed, yeah. And then another aspect of it, too, that kind of I'm concerned about is the social aspect of children who are being raised within this mm. environment, right? Like, sure, okay, if you do happen to go to school or you're able to go to meetups and things virtually, you could probably have, like, privacy blockers and make it so that only people that you accept get to chat with you. So the idea of bullying or verbal bullying would then kind of go away in that aspect, right? You would be able to protect children in that way. But at the same time, 
how were they supposed to meet new people or, you know, broaden their own mind in that aspect or hear new ideas that they might not know about? Like, are they going to become more, I guess, um, what's the word? Uh, like, oh gosh, I can't even think of the word. Like, like a recluse? Hermit? Yeah, like less branched out. Yeah, exactly. Like, are, are we going to be more stagnant in our ideas, right? Like where you can just say like, okay, well, I don't, I don't hold the same beliefs as this group. So I don't want to hear anything from anyone that has any affiliation from this, right? Even though we should have actual standing conversations with people that we don't agree with, because you like in a perfect world, you should be able to hear out opposing sides of the argument and then be able to justify your beliefs based off of that, right? Like you need to be able to have some sort of concrete ideas behind it. But if you can just say, oh, I think the world is flat and then like cut everyone else out of the equation so you never hear any opposing ideas, then we kind of have like a problem there where like the world might become like a stagnant place. And then like we mentioned um, in our last episode was it our last episode or was it in murder of gray it might have been in murder i think of it was gray. murder of gray it's murder of gray where we talked about the idea of like yes we have a big community over across the whole world and now it's a virtual community but then we're building smaller communities and smaller subsets within that now right and we're going back to that idea of like small town communities and in a very vast open world so it's kind of it's there's a lot to be concerned about and I totally get it. And it's it's one of those things that I think we could just air our concerns endlessly and just kind of bash it and uh, multiple levels. But what would you say besides the education standpoint and the potential of sharing ideas, what are some other like positives that could be coming out of things like the metaverses that are out there? And actually, potentially one from maybe even Zuckerberg's, you know, like, yes, we have the fear of him being in charge of this stuff. And there's a lot of negativity branched around him and his name. But what are some like actual beneficial stuff from what he's creating? Hmm. I keep thinking about this one negative in my mind, but I'll, I'll come <laughs> back to it. Um, I could see it being where depending like how crazy they get with this with customization, but imagine like. You know, you could see different cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine like you're some small town, you know, Midwest. I mean, somehow you have like you have money for the VR and all that. But imagine you're there where there's not really I mean, there's culture, but it's not like, you know, like you're seeing the world. Right. Mm-hmm. But imagine if with this you could go, you know, see culture of like, you know, Mexico or something or, you know, you could look at Egypt, like you learn, like it's basically like a more visual way of browsing the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's always how I kind of looked at this kind of stuff is like, this is going to be the visual version of, you know, reading a web page. Mm-hmm. You can be there. And I feel like there, there are some like bad sides of this. And I'm wondering, you know, what, what, how much freedom do we have in it? Right. Are we, mm-hmm. Is there going to be like murder in it or uh, this is, I guess I'm going back to the negatives again, but <laughs> it's hard it's, not to, I understand that. So. But it's like, I, even though I'm like kind of pumped for this kind of stuff, just to see how it looks, it's, you know, there's the side of it, like, okay, like aside from the education, yeah, really like maybe it's a new way of meeting people. Mm. Because we're already in this mindset where we're so used to just being on social media and talking online 
that we already don't really go out that much in public. You know, I feel, well, I'm speaking for myself, but it seems like a lot of people are fine with just talking, you know, virtually, be Mm -hmm. it like Twitch or, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. We already talk to each other so much virtually. Or the VR chats now and stuff like that. VR chats, yeah. And, you know, we're more comfortable doing this. So is this a way for us to meet even more people? It just makes me wonder, like, so imagine if we're all sucked into this world and we're just doing this, like, people finding partners. Like, what, are we going to, like, meet somebody in this virtual world and then be like, hey, where do you live? Oh, I live across the country. Well, I guess, I mean, could we meet up or do we treat this like a totally separate thing? You know, it's like, right. it's really interesting, like, I could see this being a great tool of like making friends and learning about other people. But if it becomes an actual second life, like how, how beneficial can it be? Cause I mean, you're still going to have to eat in the real world. You're still going to have to do all these necessities. So yeah, you have to come out of this world. Like there's no permanent stay in, right? Yeah, there's no VR headset that has a feeding tube and, you know, <laughs> well, um, like an IV of water going while you're just playing and then you just, you know, suck on your little tube. Oh, I had lunch. I can stay in here for another eight hours, you know, right. like it's it's fascinating. I mean, I'm definitely looking at like the Ready Player One where it's like all crazy, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good sides to this kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing that I'm noticing like with metaverses that already exist is that you get to go see music right like Mm -hmm. concerts and something the big reason why i think this metaverse stuff got big out of nowhere was because the pandemic like everything is closed you know i I mean Mm -hmm. things are opening up but they're not like what they were and people are still uncomfortable with going out regardless of things opening up yeah so if i can hop into this world where i can see a musician play and, you know, hear the music as if they're playing it live, you know, like a live set. And it's right in the comfort of my room. Like, that's awesome. You know, it's cool. I mean, we look at, like, Fortnite, you know, how it has live musicians playing. Mm-hmm. They're dancing around, you know, aside from it being, you know, Travis Scott. But it, because <laughs> Ariana Grande, I think, was in it, too. Yeah. But so is Joe Biden. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> forgot about that. He had an island in Animal Crossing too. No, um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's you know, but seeing that where you know you can witness. Oh yeah, Marshmallow is the other one that was in there, and you know you can witness this concert with other people, and you know it. It's almost like you know I'm not really missing much by going out, and it's it's cool that music is becoming a thing. And I think as time progresses, we're going to see, and I know, well, this will be a topic later, later on in the episode, but <clears throat> I know a lot of people, especially in the gaming communities, hate NFTs and digital assets. I think, you know, a good thing that could come from this, good or bad, how you look at it, things you can buy, right? Mm-hmm. So say you're walking around the, the art district of the, the town in the metaverse that you're in, right? And you see some paintings that you like, oh, I want to buy this. You know, I use real world money. And I mean, it'd be cool if you bought it there, if they sent it to you like physically too. Mm-hmm. 
that way it's not all digital. And that also makes me wonder like, okay, like, are we, how, how is this metaverse going to act in tandem with the real world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough question to ask about that one. But before we jump into that, uh, I just want to take a quick little break here in this episode while we, you know, play play a little bit from our sponsor of today's episode. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking more about what the metaverse can do for you. Uh, maybe dive a little bit more into the ideas of NFTs and the financial aspects of it. And then, you know, talk a little bit more about our concerns and some of the benefits that can come from the metaverse. So hang on tight. We'll be right back. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. (laughs) Hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's Labyrinth, the Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. (laughs) All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. All right, you guys, we're back and uh, we're going to be continuing on with our little conversation of the meta and the metaverse and all that craziness that happens behind it. Uh, Before we hopped off, you did mention about some of the concerts that you could potentially go to. And it's something that we're seeing a lot more frequently. And it seems to be like the easiest thing to share across the metaverse currently. Right. And to show what it could potentially do. And I think one of the great things behind that is helping people deal with their social anxieties um, and things like that, right? Like it's coming from someone who actually does not feel comfortable going to concerts or to large gatherings like that. My anxieties kind of flare up quite a bit whenever I do that, unless I'm with a group of people that I feel very comfortable with, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that this is a nice way of dealing with that, handling that. So you can always be with your group of like your comfort group, right? Whether it's alone or with a, some close friends that are sharing this experience with you. But once again, I'm curious of like, how is this going to impact you socially in the real world? Because you have to remember that you have to come out of this device, right? You have to actually experience the real world. You can't be in there at all the time. And yes, you'll have your nice little security blanket, but whenever it comes to actual in like 
person-to-person, face-to-face interactions, it might be a lot more difficult to deal with those things um, going forward, even even more difficult than they are now, because you definitely won't have that extra security blanket of the glasses or goggles or whatever it may be, or your avatar even, right? Um, so it's it's one of those like tough aspects behind that. And I do want to talk about the avatars a little bit real quick. And we're seeing this a lot more in media as far as shows and stuff like that like there's even the show that's out currently alter ego and i think this is like media's way of showing or like tv's way of getting people comfortable with the concept of avatars being our true selves right and if you don't know what the show alter ego is it's a singing contest of course there's so many damn singing contests out there on tv right now but this one you actually get to create like these people feel like they don't have the right look to be a pop star but they want to sing they want to share their talent out there with the world um, whether they might be a little heavier or they might, you know, just not fit the, the, the formula of what a pop star might be, right? So they create their avatars and then they sing for the audience through this created little avatar that looks like a Fortnite character, right? <laughs> and they're able to share their talent, share their passions with the world that way. And that sounds great on the surface, right? Like it's another way of getting people out there, getting people to show their creative side, to be comfortable in that sense. But there was one line that uh, one of the contestants said during the show that really kind of bugged me and kind of stuck with me for a while. And it made me question the like the validity of the show and kind of made me uncomfortable with the concept after all and it, it was one of the character one of the contestants she was a, kind of a bigger girl right and she said that she hasn't seen anyone in media or pop star like or across that way like be that looks like her that is as popular right that but then whenever you see her avatar she made something that looks like a very stereotypical pop character right like very fit thin perfect hair all that crap right like so i'm wondering like how like sure she's able to share this but then at the same time we're not expressing like uh understanding or like making it okay or acceptable for people who might look different or not fit the mold necessarily uh, express themselves still, even with shows like Alter Ego. So I'm wondering, like, what's your take on that? Because I feel like it's really, it, like, sure, the idea of the show seems like a good idea, but then whenever you have stuff like that where you, they're not actually expressing who they truly are, they're fitting the mold to then share their talent, right? Like, there seems to be a juxtaposition and a problem with that, in my mind. So, what's your overall thoughts on that? I... So, I'm totally for people having avatars, right? Especially when your avatar is kind of like has your interests, like, mixed. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get... um Sorry, my dog's snoring really loud. But um, I know what you mean by like you know you want to set an example, and you know like if you, I mean you can still show your true self digitally, just make it look a little bit like you. You know it it inspires other people who don't fit the mold, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. You know, it, everyone should feel like they have. The, even if they may not look it, sound like it, you know, people should have a chance. They shouldn't have to fit the general mold in order to get a chance. Uh, 
So I understand what you mean. It it feels weird or it's just wrong. Uh, but I can see why like she would do something like that, you know, because yeah. people would see it and they're like, oh, this this is kind of cool. This looks like what I, you know, want. No, it's mm-hmm. it's sad because it's more so a problem based on like society and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in order to get your voice out there, you have to conform. You know, we're not at a point in where, you know, people are they they don't look past that. But I mean, I'm I'm a person that I make even for my avatars, I would do something totally different that wouldn't look like me. Mm-hmm. You know, women just because they have cooler clothing. That's true. And there's a lot of people that do that. I guess I'm one of the weird guys that like all my avatars are super short because I'm short. Like they always have crazy hair because I have fucking crazy hair. You know, like I I portray myself in my avatars and I've always done that. I don't know. Like it's it's one of those weird things. And maybe that's why I'm so biased against that idea. Um, I I just I feel like we are selling a product of ourselves when we go online still, especially nowadays with how businesses are going remotely and all that. Like it it just makes sense, right? Like you you're selling yourself on there. That's why none of my usernames are always like anything crazy. It's usually just my middle name, which is I mean, sure, I, I like my middle name a lot and I think it's a little different, but it's still me in that sense. So I can keep reminding myself that like I'm still the one being like representing myself here. You know, and like as far as my avatars go, I still kind of try and keep it as close to like my own self or my true self um, whenever I'm online, which I guess is kind of like a weird thing to do. But I feel like it's kind of essential, especially now with the growth of Metaverse and like how it can potentially change the way we look at businesses and how we accomplish jobs and tasks and things like that. So that's actually the next topic I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit here is the potential to make money over the metaverse and how businesses might be uh, like branching off into this area going forward. So what are some of the ways in which that people can actually use this as a tool to make money? Um, I know that in Mark Zuckerberg's uh, little movie that he put out (laughs) that he talked a lot about people potentially making um, business choices on there or like, let's say one of the, the visual aids that they gave was he an architect who's working from home is able to actually look at blueprints and plans through his AR glasses and respond to emails that way from the comfort of his own home. But what are like that's one potential way in which we can, you know, extrapolate how we might be able to make this a business and make it something that is used on a wider scale. But what are some other interesting ways in which that people can make money currently um, through these various different types of metaverses out there? I definitely think about the music, like they could sell concert tickets, you know, and they could do it that way. Like, say, so a lot of the metaverse is out right now. You have to buy land, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to set up a structure, you'd have to purchase the real estate, which in a lot of cheap. It's easily over a couple grand, like real Real money. money. Yeah. So, and I mean, it can go all the way up, depending how big the real estate is. You know, I look at, uh, there's this one, the Metaverse, the one that started all of this, Decentraland. They have these really huge plots of land for big companies, and Atari is one of them. Mm-hmm. Actually, 
doing some research on this, Atari, the most real estate in all these metaverses. Like, I think, That's yeah, they, yeah. they, yeah, they're a little bit in each little thing. And I have a weird feeling Atari is going to have a much bigger picture in this world because Atari is dead. Yeah. But I think that they're trying to do a comeback with this. And by them buying all this real estate in these games, imagine you're walking down with your friends. You know, you're going to like pool hall because you want to play some pool and you see the big old Atari building or stadium there and has like come in, play games. And going with the Centraland, you know, you can go into the Atari building and you can actually play 20 of their games, like original Atari games in that with mm -hmm. your friends. And I think, you know, so big companies who take the initiative in buying this land, it's advertising. You know, it, it sounds dumb, but imagine like you're going there every day to play these arcade games. You're going to end up liking say Atari more, and then you're going to be more interested in buying their stuff. Cause that's just how business works. And I think any corporation or company that builds their buildings there, selling their ideas or talking about their products, it's another way. And it's different from, you know, us seeing an ad on, see ads anymore than ad blockers, but <laughs> it's, you know, instead of someone talking about, oh, this new coffee maker. Well, in the metaverse, when you go to and you see that company's little store and you go there and you can watch a virtual demonstration of how it works, mm -hmm. you know, like, or they can play their video on one of the TVs. Or maybe even and, like a coffee place showing their farms, right? Like yeah. Maybe you walk in and you're able to actually walk through a farm in Costa Rica and see the workers actually doing like harvesting the crop and stuff like that. That would be really interesting to me, at least. From that, that would be kind of cool. Right. So I, like, I guess it could be a good way for businesses to share their core values and how they actually do these things and be more transparent with the public, which would be a beneficial way. Like that would be nice. I don't see every company doing that, you know, but it would be interesting for some of these fair trade companies to actually show the fair trade, right? To actually show their core beliefs being like uh, to the audience, to this VR world. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would be really cool. You know, it, there, there's a lot of possibilities for this. And because it still is, like, young idea, like, see everything yet, right? Everything's pretty basic. Like, the Central Land's probably the most advanced because they've been around for a while. And, I mean, mostly a lot of it's just for music. Like, Dead Mouse played there. Um, I think, like, a lot of somewhat known people have made appearances in it mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting because eventually yeah it, you'll start seeing that where you know they might have demonstrations it's fascinating you know but looking at ways people can make money you know people can create assets too for these games right so imagine with meta if someone wanted to make a supreme shirt Supreme opened up a shop there. Mm -hmm. You could pay money to buy clothing and then boom, they get money from it and you get your little virtual shirt. Right. 
I mean, I would hope they send you an actual shirt too, because I mean, I mean Supreme shirts. Nice. Yeah, no, not at all. But you know, there's for companies, there's a lot of ways to make money in these. But as for us, you know, the players, the people, music, I think would be good, or an artist, you know, galleries in these metaverses where people will, you know, they'll actually have paintings up that people do, you know, their NFT art. And people can go there and buy it, like a real art gallery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of you know, like creative jobs, I guess you could call them, that'll probably, you know, decently make money in these. Uh, but as for us people, because there's a lot of talk with these metaverses, like play-to-earn stuff, right? And we could go there and earn money for ourselves. You know, there's there's games like that already where people have quit their jobs to make money from these like digital assets but it's i don't know maybe because it's too young they haven't they could do with it but just by creating assets i know you can actually make decent money if you make cool stuff which is interesting mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of different avenues that way and I, as a creative myself I'm i'm very curious about the nft market Right. And a lot of these virtual creators, um, when it comes to that, it, all, all of it is just different 3D assets. And that kind of brings me into my next like question here is a lot of the times whenever they show like things from the metaverse and especially during even the, the Facebook um, press conference, all of the avatars look like something from, you know, like Xbox Arcade, like your little avatars you have there. It's the same kind of style or like PlayStation in, Home. Yeah. Or like in Sandbox, they had very like voxel graphics or even like the Star Atlas, which looks like a huge, amazing, like explore space kind of game right but here's my main question here is is this actually a game or is this something different because it's being portrayed kind of like a game and i wonder if that's going to turn people off even though it's Mm -hmm. saying that it's extended reality in its own sense right so what is it exactly what is the metaverse more a game or is it alternate reality as the true sense of it right and that's where I'm kind of like curious about that one. I think with the way Zuckerberg was kind of marketing his meta was that, you know, it's going to be a place where, you know, we can play games with our family members who might be or something like that. Like, it seems like he's trying to make it seem like, oh, this is going to be like a family friendly experience or we can just virtually hang out with people. Mm-hmm. But it's look at other there's a project where it's called meta hero and they're able to create objects from real objects right Mm -hmm. so say i don't know like Mm -hmm. they they're able to scan it with their cameras they have a huge camera room and they're able to make like a a 4k graphic object of whatever you put in those cameras Mm -hmm. and then that would be used in you know the virtual you could reproduce everything you own and possibly build your own virtual house and that's makes me think like i think some of these metaverses are going to be more like a game Mm -hmm. but as if it is like another life you know and it's it's interesting because i think we're gonna see once meta gets out there and these other ones 
start following suit, I think that's going to be the big difference. More like a game, and the other ones, it's like you can do more like real things. Right. And that one thing, and this is the negative I was thinking about before, is that moderation. Mm. Right. Yeah. So say it is. How's the moderation going to help? Like, they're not going to have virtual cops, right? Like, and GMs, there can only be so many GMs watching things, watching chats. Like, mm-hmm. and granted, I would think with kids, they would have more restrictions do things because it, it'd be scary having a kid that could just run around and then, you know, there's some adult who, you know, might yeah. say something weird or, you know, they might or get like access a virtual to some pedophile style stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's that scare of it and that's what i'm wondering you know like if they keep everything kind of like a game there then there really isn't a that problem Mm -hmm. but still because you're probably gonna be talking on microphone with what could happen yeah it's 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 kind of i mean regardless of all the benefits and things like that i feel like it's still kind of a scary thought and it's still scary because it's new and there's a lot of unknowns as to what it could potentially be. And I mean, we do have a lot of really good examples of what a metaverse can be um, with Decentraland and all that, because they do have some time in the market already. But with the way that it was portrayed to us through um, Facebook's new revisioning of what a metaverse can be, it's a little like people can be a little timid about it. And I totally understand that. And it's all of your fears are justified because it is unknown. And it the way it was portrayed to us, it wasn't like it's a technology that you have that you will have access to. It they portrayed it as a technology that you will be using, right? Like this is something that you will be forced to use in the future. And that's a little much, I think. And I think they are uh, the reason why things are looking more like a video game now first is the people who are going to be able to or to gravitate towards it or to accept it more easily are gamers. So I think that's why they're probably channeling it that way or making it look as uh, the way they are with these avatars and with a lot of the, these make your own 3D assets and create games and stuff for other people to use and buy and share, right? Like it, it feels like it's it's more gravitated towards that audience first and then it's going to branch out to the ones who are a little bit more timid about it um it's the same thing that happened with basically all social media um when facebook first came out it was for college kids and then now everybody's on facebook right like it's it's a smart business plan at least but it's one of those where you can tell like you can see how they're trying to reach out to the wider audience eventually right but now mm-hmm. they want to get the younger audience first and then like their kids are going to just grow up with this as like a normal thing. So I I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical because it's new, but I am very curious and excited to see what can come of it, whether it's growth in education, the ability to share information on that kind of a level sounds amazing, or whether it's being able to actually explore and, you know, travel to a third world country and actually see how other people are living and maybe actually become more empathetic towards that side of the world. Um, it There are some 
major benefits that could come across from this. Or even if it's someone who might be, you know, paralyzed or have some sort of disability that doesn't allow them to travel, they can now travel and enjoy and experience things differently, but still have those experiences regardless of the fact, right? Or maybe it's even someone who dreamed of climbing Mount Everest their entire life but now that it's not possible for them due to physical means or whatever, maybe they might be too old to make the trek. Now they can, you know, hike Mount Everest virtually and experience all the struggles that way through their, you know, haptic suit or whatever it may be. Like there, there's potentials for that and, and that avenue, which sound very exciting and very interesting. But as far as it comes to expressing or sharing data or being violated on different levels and that violated might be a very strong term. And I don't want it to sound like I'm really like hateful or spiteful for this new uh, technology because I'm not. I'm, I'm curious about it. And, I, you know, I think being skeptical is important. Uh, it's just being human, right? Like you want to make sure that we know everything before we jump in because this is a pretty big avenue to jump into. So I, I would say just do your homework, look into it, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and just if you're not comfortable with it, don't use it. That's the thing. Like if, you, if you're comfortable with it and you're curious, go for it. But be careful out there because there it's a new world. It's literally a whole new world that we are going to be exploring within this metaverse in the near future. And it's 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 exciting, but it's scary at the same time. So I would say just express caution. Be careful out there. And just like you would in your normal day-to-day -day life, you wouldn't share your social security number with everybody. You wouldn't share all your personal information, your your likes, your dislikes, all of your, you know, emotional things going on. Just make sure to keep that in mind whenever you're traveling through these new virtual worlds. But I think with that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. And I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation as we dive a little bit more into the ideas of what the metaverse can be um, and some of our skepticisms and some of our concerns with it, because I'm sure that these concerns are shared with a, a lot of us out there, right? Um, so yeah, like I said, thank you guys for so much for listening. Um, I We will actually be sharing this episode because it shares so much um, of the same ideas and concepts uh, with our other show, The Murder of Grey Podcast, uh, where we discuss different moral and ethical dilemmas. You can find that on all of the podcatchers of your choice as well. Um, and it's still a new-ish show, so be sure to check that one out. But we will be sharing this one on that feed as well because we felt that it just it fit too well. And it's a concept that I feel like needs to be out there for more people to listen to because it is a new branching concern that we need to monitor at least. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, be sure to uh, leave us a five-star rating review if you do uh, and share it with a friend because that is the best way for podcasts to get out there. Uh, you know, advertisement stuff, <laughs> but it's the best way to grow and grow a show. And if you are enjoying other podcasts out there, uh, be sure to share some love with them as well because like I said, it's the best way for us to grow and let's build this community up together. But with that... Uh, we're going to be signing off. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.